Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Hi there and welcome back to another episode if you're tuning in the podcast for the first time. Thanks for being here and thanks for taking me along with you wherever we get to go today. Today we are timing out with the amazing Jen Brazil of the Unhurried Life podcast. So if you find yourself just frantically running through life sometimes, this is a great episode for you. We are talking about and unpacking really what it means to live an unhurried life just filled with more of moments and meaning and more of the essential things in life. And if you're a parent, we are chatting about all kinds of things like screen-free parenting and what it means to really be a counterculture parent. So without further ado, check out today's episode. Jen Brazil, thank you so much for being here. This is going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. Woo! <laughs> so for, for those who are listening, so much of what you do is all around the unhurried life. So I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and the story behind the unhurried life. Well, so we recently kind of like upped our game a little bit with unhurried because we recently moved from the city and in like a normal cookie cutter house in a neighborhood out into the country onto a bunch of land. Our closest neighbors are like a mile away and we didn't have internet for like seven months. (laughs) That is incredible. (laughs) So we really went to unhurried because it's like at night, what do we do? We just sit around and talk. We watch the sunset. We rock on the porch. We turn into 80 year olds. Um, (laughs) That's like my love language. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So we definitely went to the extreme of unhurried and we really loved it, but we did eventually put in a massive 60 foot tower to get internet so that we could (laughs) communicate with the rest of the world. But, um, a lot of those things that we were doing in our old house kind of were magnified when we moved out here to our new house and just spending time outside and making, establishing more routines that forced us to live just in a way that was more, more focused around what was, instead of thinking that everything was important, we realized that very few things were important. There were just a few, a few minor things that we needed to really focus on and we kind of let the rest fall away. And so that's kind of a little bit been our motto, kind of more essentialism rather than minimalism. Um, I mean, I, I love minimalism, but I think that it's, has a little bit of a misconstrued when we think of minimalistic, we think of, you know, like an all white living room with one couch and like two toy trains or something. But I think it's a little bit more of like, what's essential in our life. We have a lot of toys because we don't have a lot of other things. So we're not really minimalistic, but we're essential in that we have a lot of toys to play with because we don't have screens to watch or we have, you know, five sets of cooking utensils because my kids are always in the kitchen with me and everybody needs a spatula and everybody needs a bowl. And (laughs) so I, I wouldn't really consider myself a minimalist, even though, you know, we all kind of strive to be like, we've decluttered everything and we have just what we need, but really what that is, that's an essential piece. I, was getting a little bit mixed up with thinking that in order to live unhurried and purposeful, I had to have very little. And it's not exactly like that. And that's taken me a little while to figure out. And it's taken a lot of, I think it's taken a lot of um, 
admitting to myself that, and there are things that I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't have a lot of clothes. I don't have a lot of shoes. We don't have a ton of toys, but we do have, you know, two boxes of train sets, you know, whereas some people would say, you know, if you're going to be a minimalist, you have to have a single train. I'm like, yeah, but that's all my kids play with. They don't, they don't ever play games on the iPad or watch TV or they're either playing outside or they're playing with their toys inside. And so it took, it took a while for me to admit it's okay that I'm not a minimalist, that I don't have very little, but I do just have what counts to us. So I don't know if that makes sense. No, I love that. And I definitely want to come back to screen-free parenting because I (laughs) totally admire that. And I want to know a few secrets because it's not as hard as it sounds with all boys. Sometimes it feels like, yeah, so we can come back to that um, in a minute, but I want to touch on something you just said, which is like these essential things, you know, what are those things that you have found to be the essentials? Like, what are the things that were maybe kind of clouded out before, or just things that you've been able to see more clearly as you've defined, like what is essential for us? That's such a good question. And that is such a personal question. So I don't want you to like, take what I'm saying and think that this has to be you or that you should do it this way. But I think for us, what we looked at is it's, it's so much harder to look at all the things in your life and to think, well, that's important. That's important. That's important. That's important. I have to do that. I have to do that. I have to have this with so many things. When in reality, if, when we step back, I look at, well, what in 10 years will I really look at and say, this is, I'm glad we had this in our lives. This is what mattered. So we just kind of did that and we started taking things out and it is so countercultural. It is so hard. I talked to my counselor one time about just feeling a little overwhelmed that my kindergartner was feeling so overwhelmed. And she said, well, tell me a little bit about what, what it's like when he comes home from school. Like, well, on Monday he has this, on Tuesday he has this, on Wednesday he has this, on Thursday he has this. She's like, okay, does he have to do all of that? Like, well, yeah, I really want him to take piano. I really want him to do soccer. I really want, you know, he needs to do tutoring because, you know, COVID, you know, all these things. But when you really look back at it, she was kind of like, he really doesn't have to do any of that right now. Like, just give yourself permission for a month to just take all of that out and just give yourself a, a second to breathe and then only put back in what he and you believe to be necessary. And so of course you ask a kindergartner, like, okay, well, what do you want to start doing? <laughs> They're going to be like, uh, none of it. Nothing. <laughs> like, Oh, so this is what I want you to do. It's so, and, so mm-hmm, and it's countercultural. Cause I'm like, but I want him to take piano. Cause I want him to be well-rounded and I want him to play soccer so he can be on a team sport. And just these things that have been in my head from who knows where and who knows when, that it's okay to just stop and to not give a a deadline to yourself or that you have to do it at this time. Like, well, he's just going to take soccer. He's just going to stop soccer for, you know, this semester. You, You don't have to, you don't have to put that in your head. You can just be like, you know what, this week, this month, we're just not doing anything. We're just, he's just going to come home and he's going to go play outside. He's going to go be a kid. And I'm going to sit on the porch and watch them. And we're going to eat frozen chicken pot pie. And I'm not going to make stuff from scratch. And that's just going to be this month or this week. And 
and that's as far as I got. <laughs> no, that's so, so good though. I feel like a while back I read the book Wild and Free. I don't know if you've heard of the book, but no. You know, she talks a lot about just like we've lost this freedom as children to just yeah. be kids and how in so many other countries where the education system is very advanced, they don't start school till they're, you know, seven, eight, nine. Yes. I was like so blown away by that because I'm like you and we've got a kindergarten and first grade or we did now they're first and second, but or yeah, yeah first and second. But I felt the same way where I felt like they need to be in this to have exposure to this and they need to be in that to have exposure to that. And it's like at the end of the day, they just need to be free to be a kid and like explore boredom because boredom leads to yeah. like these creative outlets in their mind. And you're right though. It's so countercultural where we feel like, well, every time I get online, like everybody else has their kids and all these other things. Yeah. And my kid doesn't know how to do that. Or I want them to have that exposure too. But you're right. When you ask them, like, what do you want to do? They say none of it. Yeah. <laughs> of it. Or they pick the thing that you're like, really? That's what you want to do? Oh, well, <laughs> But I just had to shift and think like this kid is uniquely made to be him and or her. And this is not this is not as much as I want to say, like, well, I want to give him all the opportunities I didn't have. But why? Part of me is like, yeah, I wish I would have been this or that or that or this. But there's not really I mean. I'm a decent adult now without having done those things. And I, I think that he could turn out a decent human without doing those things also. So, but it just feels like you're depriving them or it feels so. And, and so it's really, it really is like, you have to, you have to disregard any preconceived notions. You have to disregard any feelings that you can't exactly trace where those are coming from, or you can trace where they're coming from and they're not coming from a healthy place. Like I want to give him this opportunity because I didn't have it. Well, is that like, is that really a good reason? I mean, you know, is there, would it have made you so different? Would it make him so different? So it's just, it's just hard. It's hard to go against what we've heard and thought and felt and what everybody else is doing. And, and so I don't know, it was hard, but we stopped doing a lot of stuff. And then summer was here and here we, yeah. And we, we signed up for 50 camps and then I went and withdrew him from like 48. <laughs> so I, cause I was like, Oh, he's not even going to like have two weeks to just run to play. Like, but these camps are so fun and he's going to love them so much. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't really need to do them. And so, so, um, I took him out of a lot and I, th I think that was a good moment for me because all of our, all of our friends are like, Oh, are, my kid's going to this camp. My kid's going to this camp. Why don't your, why doesn't your son go with my son? They could be buddies at this camp. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. But it's like, we need to stop and just let him have this year. I mean, like we moved out into the country, you know, we have a zip line in our backyard, like let him just, let him just be kids and explore and go get chiggers and, you know, go do, go do things that you let like the kids do in the summer, you know? I love that. How do you, like as a mom, I mean, all the things you do, there's a million things that you do. Like, how do you, create those boundaries for yourself? Like, how do you undo the things in your life that you've committed to? Well, a lot of it, I have to kind of take a, 
take a self check on because I start, and I'm sure you probably have felt this too. You kind of start to feel out of control and Mm kind of like you have another day that's planned another thing. And you, you're just looking at your calendar and you're like, oh, well, (laughs) I don't know, you know, when I could plan something, when I could grab coffee with a friend, you know, sporadically. And so I think that there's a, there's a point where, and I hit this not that long ago, it was probably in, I guess, February or March, I hit this point where I just felt like I, I was, I just was feeling like I was always behind, Mm. you know, it wasn't really like, I didn't really feel overwhelmed. I knew what I was doing. You know, I knew I could handle it, but I just felt kind of behind. Like I, you know, miss taking my kid to a well check. I, you know, like just things where I'm like, Oh shoot, I, what's going on? Why am I feeling like this? And I think at that point it's, it's really hard. It's so hard to just say, cancel everything for the week, like text all the people, call all the appointments, like do all those things to just be like, Hey, I can't make it this week. I'm so sorry. Let's try and reschedule or not. (laughs) I mean, depending on what it is, could you reschedule it and to just take a minute and to just totally take social media off your phone, totally turn off the TV, you know, just all those extremes to just kind of go there let yourself go to the extreme. I'm just canceling everything. You know, you feel like, feel like you're going to be a flake or you feel like you're just going to be undependable if you do that. But I think it's more so like you're parting the Red Sea. You're making a way to get through to something better by just saying, stop everything, clear it all. I need a path that I can see through so that I can get there. And I'm so sorry if, you know, we don't make that play date or we don't make, you know, all those things, or I don't get my hair done or whatever, you know? And I, I just think that it's a, it's a little bit about being bold and it's march to your own beat. <laughs> I absolutely love that more of like parting the Red Sea. I actually hit that point a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. has been said, you know, like what, what's going to happen if you don't, reach out to this person or you don't work on that this week, or you don't release an episode or you don't get on social media this week, which I had been off for like five years. Now I got back on a few months ago and it's like, it's just, you know, you don't realize so much of the distraction that that, that that causes. And yeah, he's like, what's going to happen if you don't do any of it for a week? And I was like, I, I, nothing. And so I didn't and nothing happened, Yeah, (laughs) but it was like, I had this feeling in my mind that it's like, I already kind of felt behind and now I'm going to feel more behind. And you just realize like, there's always going to be stuff to do. And until you can like silence all the noise. And like you said, literally just part the rushing waters of the sea for a second. And whether that's with your kids' schedules or in your own life, but just say, I actually met someone a couple weeks ago. She's like, I think I'm, my calling is like a cancel coach, like help people cancel things in their (laughs) life (laughs) because we have such a hard time canceling or saying no, or, you know, putting these expectations, removing the expectations that we have on ourselves or mm-hmm. removing this expectation we put on our kids because we feel like we're going to take two steps back, but it's like, well, yeah. sometimes in order to even move forward, you're going to have to take a few steps back. But I love that yeah. analogy of just, it's like part in the Red Sea and mm-hmm. letting all the crashing waves just separate for a little bit. So you can just 
see where you're going yeah, <laughs> and see what you even want to put back in your life. So no, that's, well, I have, um, I have a friend that recently started like a home organization business and she was talking about, they call it like when they are, or like when they're organizing, they call it editing. Oh. So instead of like, um, they're doing edits, which is basically like they're throwing stuff away is the way, you know, how I would say it, but it sounds a little prettier when you say they're doing home edits, which means they're like clearing everything out and they're just like organizing and putting back in the nice, neat stuff. And she was telling me about it. And I was like, wow, I, we, we need to do that with our wife. Like we need to, we need to do edits with our wife. We need to like pull all of our stuff out look at it. And, and I, she was telling me literally they like hold two things up and they're like, keep or throw, you know, they're just like, keep throw away. Okay. Trash next thing, keep throw away. And they're just like tossing stuff. It's like, I need to just do that and make some split time decisions and just say, keep or throw away and, and just do it, just clear it all out. And then only put back in like the things that are really going to matter. Things that are essential to, our families functioning and thriving, not necessarily like going above and beyond all the time. Yeah. No, I love the semantics of that too. Even just shifting that, that word in your mind. It's like, it's not, you have to get rid of things or remove things from your life. It's just editing. Yeah. And like the whole point yeah. of editing something is to make it better. <laughs> so yeah. Like, and prettier and yes, to make it prettier and a better final product. And so we're just going to make some edits in my life rather than make changes. I think people feel yeah. over change because you've got routine and you've got all of that. So yeah, no, I love just like changing that thought in your mind of it's not about a change, just little edits, little edits yeah. that you make really big big impacts in your life. No, that's, that's really good. What about just like through all the work that you're doing and all the people that you get to, to talk to on your podcast and your clients, and there's so many people that you work with, like, what is something that, um, you're really learning or have learned recently from one of them that you're like putting into action? Oh gosh. Well, so my assistant who she does so much. Like right now I feel like she's basically running my business because it's summer and you know, it's hard to, it's hard for a mom to be working at home from home during summer. Um, when you have multiple kids. And so I feel like she's just kind of running everything and she's been real at first. It kind of bothered me. And now I've learned from it. She's in charge of posting a lot of stuff on social media for me. Like I will send her the stuff and I will like, like, um, box her what to Mm -hmm. say and stuff. Boxer's like this little voice app and she'll do it. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, this needs to be done right now, today, tomorrow. Like this needs to be all done right now. And she kind of spaces stuff out a little bit more and takes a little bit more time. And at first I was like, okay, like this needs to be done right now. Like I just sent it to you and you need to post it immediately. Cause you know, it just happened in my life and I need you to post it immediately on stories. And, and so I think I've learned from her is that it, my life doesn't need to be in real time mm. to, to anybody. Like you had said with social media, it's kind of like, I, it doesn't have to be done this minute right now, perfectly. And then some stuff she won't even post. And I'm like, why didn't you post that? And she's like, I don't really feel like it actually went or like it was really going to serve your audience. And I was like, uh, okay, but I, I did the video. I sent it to you. 
And so I'm kind of like, okay, she's like editing my life for me. It was like, it was kind of pointless to put in that boomerang of you and your sunglasses with your latte at the pool. Like you didn't need, like that didn't really serve your audience. Any. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so she's like editing my life for me yeah. by saying like, you don't need this extra junk, but the part where you're talking about like, how you guys have really loved your garden and what it's done, what it's taught your kids and things like that. That's stuff that is going to be uplifting and helpful to your audience. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate her being slower and more intentional on what she's putting out there for people. And it makes more sense, right? Like, why would I want to post a boomerang of me with my latte and my sunglasses to be like, oh, look how fun, look at the fun time I'm having, you know, versus something that's more real and more helpful. So I, I appreciate that about her and just her, she's, I don't know what she is on the Enneagram, but she's the calmest one. So, (laughs) (laughs) and we need more of those people in our life. I know, I know. That's so good. I think like so many things in that. I think, you know, something that a lot of people struggle with that is like wrapped up in what you just said is like delegating. I think people have such a hard time just asking for help. So I feel like, right. You've already like took the first step and asked for help. But then it's like, once you ask for help, it's like, we still want to control the help. Yeah. And then once you control, it's like, it just keeps going. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with where you start to let go, but you also start to like rethink, how do I be more intentional? Does this even matter? It's the way I've always done it, but is that the way it needs to be? And letting someone come in and partner with you, ask you those hard questions or, tell you the things that maybe you didn't want to hear, but that you needed to hear that, you know, help you grow, but also help your business grow. And I feel like we've got to be so much more receptive for people just like speaking into our lives that do so much of this stuff. Like this is their, their craft. And sometimes I feel like we want to override people's craft and we just got to let them do their craft. Yeah craft and, and let, let people help us. <laughs> well, and it's taught me to take less selfie boomerangs, um, because those don't really matter. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, ta- it's helped me even as I'm going through, like to slow down and to be more intentional when I do pull out my phone or, you know, when I'm editing a picture or things like that. And so it's even helped me be more unhurried to, to recognize what is a value. Okay. And if it's not a value or it's not creating a memory for my children, I don't need to mess with it. I don't, I can leave my phone inside when we go, you know, to the backwoods to explore or whatever, you know, I have to have my phone with me all the time to do that. So yeah, that's really good. And I feel like so much of my background, my husband kind of gives me a hard time about it, but it's all process improvement. And so we look at, and we break down every part of the business or every part of the customer experience. And we say, what adds value to your employees? What add value to the customer? And yeah. so I do that in our own life and it drives my husband crazy, but I feel like we have to, like, we have so much non-value added stuff yeah. that we add to our life and that we put in other people's that it just totally clutters their thinking and just their ability to like be them and the ability to do the things they want to do. And so we've got to like ask ourselves that question, but also the, what we put out in the world or what we put out in our home are those things that add value to that end person, whether that's your spouse or your kids or your customer, True. Or something we do because we've always done it where we feel like it needs to be done. And kind of like you said that, you know, someone shared with you, like what actually needs to happen 
Yeah. And you start to realize every load of laundry doesn't have to be done today. Like if I get one, I should actually just celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to circle back real quick to the screen-free parenting thing okay. because I think it's kind of miraculous and we are really careful with how much screen time we let our kids, you know, have, I really with boys, like I want them to explore and I don't homeschool, but I read a lot of homeschooling books. Cause I want my kids just to find the freedom of the outdoors and be kids. And I want to make sure that I don't, I don't rob them of a lot of their childhood. And so, um, so yeah, we are pretty careful about it, but I also feel like there's moments where I can't imagine not having the TV. So tell me what are some of your secrets? How did you get there? <laughs> Well, um, so this happened back when my oldest was like one and a half and we were addicted to YouTube, to the trash videos, like of the trash trucks and the fire engines. And we would just watch like those nonstop. And then we discovered Fireman Sam and Paw Patrol and all those things. And just kind of, I realized that he was like addicted <laughs> I don't, so know. I don't know what else to say. And I was addicted to leaning on that mm. for his, for him to be occupied. And I, it's, it like took me a minute, but I, I started thinking, you know, he's not even two. So you and I are the same age. So we didn't grow up with screens and e- personal screens. And even the screens we had were like Sesame street and reading rainbow or like, I don't know, there weren't very many. Options. It was like Saturday so, morning cartoons. That was yeah. It. <laughs> Yeah. So you're like, well, what do we do the rest of the time (laughs) while we were kids? And somehow our parents survived. And so I kind of just rewound. And since I saw his addiction and my like crutch on, onto him being in front of a screen, I just decided one day I, I just went extreme and I was like, we're done, we're done, we're done with screens. And so, you know, no more. And, you know, see, he was little and he was at home. So it was like me and him. So that's really boring because now I'm like, how do I get anything done? But it really took, and, and this is why I encourage like a two week detox. It really took about two weeks, probably less if I'm honest, to really get us past feeling like we did, we needed that and feeling like that was the only solution. And, and then we just didn't need it anymore. And it was like at dinner time, I didn't need him to sit down in front of TV because he had, had learned what to do while mom's cooking. You know, he, he can either help me, he can go play in the backyard. He can, you know, read books. Um, there was a lot of other things that we had prepared in that couple of weeks for him to do. Like I spent a lot of time teaching him how to use a, a crayon correctly and to not color on the table or the wall, you know, we would, <laughs> it's like silly things that you think, well, if he was just sitting there watching Paw Patrol, I wouldn't have to be spending all this time on crayons. Like, <laughs> but in the long run, now he's six and a half and his, his little brother and sister have never known screens and have never needed them. And now I'm at the point where we don't, I don't ever think about think about them coming in to substitute for something. There is one time not that long ago where he told me, my oldest told me, mom, are we ever going to have a family movie night? And I was like, cause when we go to my parents' house and we go visit my parents, they are not screen-free and my dad watches a lot of TV. And so they see TVs and screens. Yeah. And I do politely ask him like, Hey, you know, 
all the kids are here. Can we just all be together as a family and turn off this? And, you know, he doesn't even realize he's, my dad doesn't even realize he's doing it. That's just, you know, he just has the news on all the time or, and I'm like, this is really not appropriate for my children to be watching, but he's seen, you know, stuff at their house and stuff. And so he asked me that. And I kind of had a little bit of guilt. It's like, Oh my gosh, am I depriving him from a movie? Like, is there something he should be watching that all his friends are watching that he doesn't know about? But in reality, our, I read in, in the middle of all that, I came across the book tech wise family, which is a really great book and gave me, yeah, it gave me the encouragement that I was doing something good and like countercultural, like that keeps coming up, but it's, it's not what everyone else does. And, um, the tech wise family talks about, they started doing family movie nights when their kids hit double digits. So, um, just because developmentally and cognitively in their brain, a lot of stuff has developed and has changed by nine, 10. And so I told my son, I was like, you know, um, that would be so fun to have a family movie night. And guess what? In four years, less than four years, actually, now we get to have family movie night and it'll be so special because it'll just be you and mom and dad because your little brother, your siblings won't be old enough yet. And so that will be a really fun thing and we'll pop popcorn. And we just like, you know, talked about it. And it's just something for him to look forward to yeah. delayed gratification. Like our kids don't have that. And so just something for him to look forward to. And in reality, I'm like, I don't think I'm really depriving him. Now I will say when we fly to go visit my parents and we're on like a long plane trip, um, I do bring my work iPad and download, you know, like some fireman sands or things like that. And we break up the trip a little bit with a screen because we're, we're stuck on an airplane and yeah. we have itty bitty kids. Like we, there's not, we bring colors, we bring snacks. We do that too. We're not just watching a screen for three and a half straight hours, but you know, I'll go see my parents by myself sometimes with my kids. And it's like, how, how do we, how do I do like, I don't have enough hands and arms and kids are, you know, so it's just like for that, where we're confined, that is a little different, but they that, know that that's only on an airplane. They know that. So, but I love just in your home, it's one thing. And it, like I said, in those moments, like on an airplane, cause I'm thinking the same yeah. thing. Like when we go visit my parents, it's like, I'm by myself with the three kids and it I is know. a lot. Uh, but you know, I, I do feel like just to know that there are still these like small, tiny moments where yeah. you know, it, it's not, you still allow that when it needs to happen or you give them something, like you said, delayed gratification to look forward to. Yeah. Just like the power, like you said, of the word addiction. I think when you realize it's our addiction to lean on that and it's their addiction to depend on that. Yeah. I feel like that's a powerful word more than like, Oh, we always watch it. It's like, no, we're actually addicted. And that's where we, you know, lean into, uh, when our kids were little, like we had one of them had an iPad too, and we used it pretty often. And I think you're right. Like we just took it away. We just took it away and it shattered. And so it's like, I'm not, I'm not getting a new one. This is like years ago. And I don't know, it's probably been three years. Yeah. They don't even ask for it or even know it exists in our home anymore. And, you know, they kind of forget about it. It's like, you're rebuilding at like that small age after a couple of days. I think we forget that their brains. They don't, they don't need it. They don't know. Like really? Yeah. But their brain and their, you know, context for life yeah. is so much more limited to where, you know, how do we create more of those, you know, memories and, and 
how do we create these, you know, non-dependencies on things that become an addiction for our kids? I feel like it's only going to get worse for them. And so, no, I love that. That's really inspiring. (laughs) Well, and no judgment for people that are using screens, but I do want to challenge you to do a a detox. I say a two week detox because it's just a challenge. And if you have older kids that are used to screens, talk to them about, about it, about what you're doing and why. And, and then say, you know, it's only for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, we'll talk about what we learned. We'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just see what happens after that. But truthfully, after two weeks of going screen-free, you, you will realize I, I don't need this as much, you know, and obviously I'm not screen-free because I'm, I work on a screen all day long, but like, we don't, we don't watch a lot of Netflix. We've been watching the chosen, um, which is a really awesome series all about Jesus. (laughs) We've been watching that, but that's like one of the first series we've watched in years. I, I honestly can't remember. It might've been the office was, (laughs) yeah, was one of the last series that we watched. And so, and my husband reads, you know, on his phone news and stuff like that. And he updates me, but I don't really, I, I don't really get on the phone for that kind of stuff. And I order my groceries on my phone. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally screen free, but I feel like you and I have a lot in common in that. Like I, I'm just, to me, the thought of watching a movie is like two hours of time that I would like love in my life. And so I don't know. I just, I don't that's not a place I go like my TV or, you know, my, I don't know. It's just, well, and I I found myself like my, so my husband works a lot of weekends and he works a lot of late nights. And so I found myself like when I do get the kids in bed and I do turn on a chick flick and I watch it, then the next night, guess what I want to do? I want to watch another one and I want to watch another one and another one. And then I'm like, exhausted because I'm staying up too late. I feel overwhelmed because I wasn't productive. And I'm just like, I just need to go to bed. Like I just, after I get the kids in bed, I need to take a minute. I need to read. I need to go through like my little, well, you get routine. lost in them. Like you said, it's yeah. like, and just you get addicted. Minutes. You get yeah, addicted. Like just 30 You're minutes, like, so now it's two hours and now I got to see the next one. And yeah. it's not just, it's not just like, especially now with all the series, you can't just watch one. And so I don't know, for me, it's, I just try wherever I can to not start. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is hard. I think my husband and I, we've married nine years. I think we've seen five movies in our marriage <laughs> and one of them was like two months ago. And my husband was like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like you stayed awake through an entire movie. We had popcorn <laughs> and this was glorious. And it's like his love language. And it's just, yeah, you know, it's, but it's special because it's not, we don't do it. And I don't watch the news. I had to like take that out of my life at a, like I said, no judgment. I feel like I'm always behind on everything. And my husband kind of fills me in too, but I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of heavy things happening in the world. And to me, I just, I don't know. I have to limit in my yeah. life the things I can limit. <laughs> Filter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like, I was telling my husband, he, he was like all stressed out about something. I was like, what are you so stressed out about? He's like, oh, you know, some big thing had happened in the world or something. I don't know, at the border or something. I don't know, whatever politics. And I'm just like, why, why are you letting that affect you? Like, you don't need that extra stress. Like, look at our life right now. We have a hundred kids. We have, you know, like we already have enough happening in our life to, you know, we, we think and we pray for our country and the people and we support missions. And why do we need to know 
Because you turn on the news and there's nothing positive. I told him for every negative news story, he told me he had to tell me two positive ones. And he he couldn't. So I was like, okay, we don't need this excess of, of negative. There are some things that are important that we should know about and be aware about. But a vast majority of the rest of it does not need to enter into our lives. <laughs> no, I love that. So this has been really good to just get me thinking about what is that reset in my life and what are the maybe minor detoxes or minor edits that, that yeah. I can make? Um, is there any like last minute thoughts that you want to share? I don't want it to seem like some unicorn or some like, oh, well, great. That girl could do it, but I can't, but you can. And it just starts with, you don't have to do it all at once. You just start with little things. And I actually have something on my website. It's called the unhurried life starter kit. And in the unhurried life starter kit, there's just like some little tips and things that can kind of help you with goal setting and figuring things out and making a plan and just little, just little things to start off the process. And, um, my assistant was telling me, you need to make a, like a guide for the two week screen-free detox. And I have not, so you cannot find that on my website, but (laughs) coming soon, maybe coming soon. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, I do think that going through that unhurried life starter kit, you'll find tips and ways to implement a screen-free detox um, because you'll have a a solid idea on your goals and you'll have a solid idea on kind of like some new routines to put in place that will help filter out some of the stuff that you don't need or edit out some of the stuff that you don't need. And so you might find in there oh, hey, you know, I do want to try a screen-free detox. You know, even maybe it's even just for me and maybe it's just a Instagram detox or, a, you know, just a little part of the screen. Yeah. Um, and so that's just, I, I don't know, that's a great tool. It's completely free and it's just a good tool to have to, to just kind of get you started. And because I don't want it to be overwhelming because this is something I've been working on and continue to work on. Like I said, I have gotten in moments where I'll watch a chick flick and then I want to watch another one and then another one. And so I still get into moments where I'm not doing it great or doing it completely right. And so it's just, it's a, it's a good place to, to sort of start. It's a diving board. <laughs> no, I think that's great. And I'll definitely put a link to your amazing website in the show notes. And I'd love for you just to share like where else people can find you. Cause you've got so many great things out there. Yeah. Well, so Instagram, but now, you know, my secret that my assistant does a lot of my posting for me, but Instagram is fun. And then I just launched a new website not that long ago. And it's definitely a great place to get good tools and stuff to kind of help you along your way. And that's, oh, that's at jbrazil.com. Awesome. Well, I will share that. Thank you for helping us all today just to think about the reset and the detoxes and the edits that we can all do in our life to just help us feel more restful and kind of have a renewed sense of just joy and and fulfillment in our lives and really bring more of the essentials in and creating space for those. So this has been great. Thank you. Well, you're just the best. You're such a great mom. And I love, I love watching all the things you're doing. You have such a peace about you. So you're doing awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So are you. Thanks for being on. (laughs) Of course. Well, everyone, thanks for checking out today's episode. You know, I never leave you without truth and takeaways. So here are today's. Number one, what will you look back on and say was truly essential in your life? 
Number two, assess what's best for you and your kids right now, today, in this season, and make some edits in your life. Remove those things you don't need and and keep those essentials, the things that will help you and your family function and thrive today. Number three, take step one towards parting the Red Sea in your life so you can even begin to see the path. So what will you undo or say no to this week? Number four, if it's not adding value or not creating memories for your kids or yourself or your family, ask yourself if you really need to do it. And P.S., just because you didn't have the opportunity to do it, do you really need to give that to your kids either? Number five, sometimes the best way to live your life or raise your kids is not the way everyone else is. And number six, try a detox on anything that might be pulling you away from the important things in life and check back in after a few weeks, see how it's going. At the end of the day, I hope this episode has been a great reminder that we are all doing our best trying to figure out this thing called life, especially if you're a parent and that none of us have it perfect and none of us have it figured out. And so if you needed a little word of encouragement today, it's that you're doing great and take a deep breath. If you need a little help, it's okay to ask for it. Make time for the things that really matter and discard what doesn't. So thanks for sticking around for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, would love for you to take a few quick seconds to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have a few extra quick seconds, leave a review. That is truly what helps this episode continue to get shared with so many others. And if this episode or any of the others have been helpful, would love for you to pass those on to a friend and let me know which one you shared and which one was really helpful to you so I can continue to bring on guests who can just enlighten and help us all in this journey that we call life. So thanks for tuning in and until next time.